This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You all know I love traveling, but last year I found myself living in Germany during lockdown, okay? Lockdown meaning I had no friends, no support system, I couldn't speak the language. I was truly locked inside for months with my only social outings involving going to the grocery store and my only outlet being work, which was fast track to feeling burnt out and isolated. I knew I needed help and someone to talk to, so I downloaded BetterHelp. It was exactly what I needed, and I've been using it ever since then. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your own convenience. I currently do it in my bedroom while traveling. One of the reasons I continue to use BetterHelp is because of the range of expertise and their 20,000-plus therapist network. It gives you access to help that you may not find available in your area. For example, maybe you're struggling with relationships, so you're seeking out someone who specializes in relationships. Or maybe you're struggling with family dynamics or depression, and you want to find someone that specializes in those fields, you can filter it out on the app. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. I use the text feature all the time with my therapist, Rosalie. Between sessions, I'll share what's coming up, like any triggers or issues that I'm facing, and she helps me work through them before our next video session. It's honestly my favorite feature, especially with my time zone difference here in South Africa. And here's the thing, finding the right therapist is like dating, and you have to find the right match. Fortunately, with BetterHelp, you can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And guess what? You get a 10% discount off your first month of therapy. Just use my link betterhelp.com slash rife10. Oh, and P.S. They have financial aid. So check that out too. Again, use code rife10 at checkout or head to the link in my show notes where the code is automatically applied. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. It's Chelsea recovering from Mallorca, Ibiza, and almost a 10-day antibiotic journey. So if you've been tuning in for the last however many years of my podcast, I usually release a weekly episode, but I had tonsillitis last week and I could not really speak. And I usually do my intros and outros the week of so I can make them more relevant and give you a life update of what's going on. And I literally had to cancel pretty much all of my meetings. I almost canceled my vacation. And while I was on vacation, I basically slept for an entire day. I asked people not to speak to me so I didn't have to respond. Like, that's how bad it was. So I was like, you know what? I think it's time to listen to my body and uh, not speak for a little bit, which is really hard when you have a podcast. (laughs) It's hard when you have a podcast. It's hard when your job is teaching people how to podcast. It's hard when you like talking in general, and it's definitely hard when you are a verbal processor. So if anything, the past 10 days have made me realize how grateful I am for my voice. And it's something I definitely want to talk about is like, if you were to lose one of your most special gifts tomorrow, how would you feel that you never used your talent or your skill set or that gift? And it really, I'm getting pretty spiritual minute one, but it did make me realize like, what if I were to lose my voice or 
something changed about my voice or an accident happened where I literally couldn't speak, I would be at least so happy that at some point I started my podcast and that I used my voice for however many years to help people do the same and inspire people to start their own or just by listening and listening to my voice every week. It just really started to hit me like the importance of using your gifts. So, wow, we're getting motivational in minute two here. But yeah, I'm back from my Irkany visa. It was so much fun. I am um, starting to realize that I definitely am an introvert. I think I've talked about this on recent episodes, but as I get older and I think definitely after the pandemic, I need alone time and I need to recharge. So I was supposed to go to London this weekend and I'm like, you know what? It's time for old Chelsea to take a break. I need alone time. I want to go to a secluded, quiet beach, read a book, not speak to anybody for like three days, maybe get a massage, sleep in, swim. Like that is the type of weekend I'm feeling. So if you know any secluded, nice beaches in Spain, actually like the southern part of Spain, let me know because I canceled my London trip and I need a break from people and the city and the buzz of things. It's time to go into a cocoon and become a hermit crab for like the next at least five days. Now, if you're new here and you're like, where are you? Like, why are you going to Mallorca and Ibiza and London? I'm on a four month trip right now with a company called Remote Year. So every single month for the next, now it's only two months left. We've been in, we were in South Africa and then we did Valencia, Spain, which I'm where I'm at now. Then we go to Portugal and Croatia. So we all travel together for a month at a time for four months and we're all remote workers. So some people are working for their companies while working remote. Some people are freelancers. Some people are on a sabbatical, but we're all in a group together and we all stick together for the next four months. It's kind of like study abroad for adults, which is really fun. And now that we're halfway in, I'm like, okay, how can I sustain this lifestyle and what's next for me? So I'm figuring out what to do after October. I'm definitely leaning towards staying in Europe. Lisbon has a freelancer visa that's really popular. I heard there's a lot of countries that are rolling it out or they already have it. And I just love Spain. I've always loved Spain. I thrive in Spain. People say I look happier in Spain. My mom is Spanish and I really identify a lot with the culture and I just have so much fun here. And I'm really like more relaxed here. I enjoy a slower pace of life and I don't mind that people are living that slower pace of life. It actually really helps me calm down and not try to rush things. So I think that's where I'm going to stay, but we'll have to see. I I definitely have to look into visa situations and kind of make a move soon because it's already almost September and this trip is over at the end of October. So yeah, we'll see where I end up next. Now, what's interesting is I was having a realization over the weekend where I took so many gorgeous photos of Ibiza and Mallorca and we stayed in like the prettiest Airbnb. We stayed at one of the nicest hotels in Mallorca and I found myself not wanting to post about it because A, I was being really present with all my friends and the people in the group. And B, I was just like, I don't have that desire anymore to post a lot about my lifestyle. And this is a very, very big difference from about two years ago when I was living in Australia and I finally had launched my business, which by the way, at that point, it was just mindset coaching. I didn't do anything with podcast coaching. I had a podcast, but I did not teach people about podcasting. So it's all about mindset. And a lot of the way that I marketed myself was through my own lifestyle. So it was like, look, I changed my mindset. Here's what happened in my lifestyle. I had a huge improvement and upgrade in my quality of life. And now I'm going to show you how to do the same thing because it worked for me. And I would teach people that like, here's what worked for me. Here's what I did. Here's the ways, here are the strategies I did. Here's what you should do too. 
And I constantly had to look at myself as an inspirational role model. I mean, literally go back to my Instagram two years at this point, maybe two and a half years ago, and just start scrolling through and you will see the content of me chilling on beaches in Australia, superposed in cafes. And there's always a story about how, you know, I had a shitty day and I turned it around with my mindset. Or I had a big learning lesson and I turned around with my mindset. And I know someone's listening right now being like, why is she talking about this with kind of like a negative tone? It's because I realized at one point, scaling myself and my lifestyle was not sustainable. And when my lifestyle drastically changed when I moved to Germany in the middle of a lockdown last year, that it definitely was no longer inspirational. And I had this really big wake up call that was like, okay, Chelsea. So the kind of formula I was using was like, become as inspirational as possible with your lifestyle. So the things you're buying, the things you're investing in, the places you live, the people you hang out with, the material things you can show off. That's the stuff that you constantly have to show people. Look, 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 here's how I live. And if you want to live like this, you need to follow in my footsteps, which makes sense, right? It's like, yeah, why would I follow someone not in a place that I don't want to be at? You do want to follow people that have a trajectory or a path that you've been down. But for me, I realized at some point it felt suffocating where it no longer was about helping people anymore. It started turning into like, I need to have more and do more and be more and constantly be chasing this bigger version of myself or else I'm literally going to lose clients. I'm going to lose business. I am going to crash because my lifestyle is no longer inspirational. I'm in a tiny town in Germany locked up. What am I possibly going to post about? And I realized at that point, mindset coaching was no longer for me. And this could have maybe been something I worked on and shifted how I marketed myself and what I did. But I also realized podcasting really is my first love and my expertise. So it made sense to pivot to that. But it got my wheels spinning this weekend when I was in Mallorca and Ibiza, where I'm like, wow, I feel like two years ago, I would have been posting nonstop. I would have given you like a full tour of the Airbnb and talked about how amazing it is that I could take this much time off and post about it in my feed and my stories of like, look at my lifestyle. If you want to get here, follow me and invest in my program and da da da. And that just wasn't the case. And it got me thinking like, this is actually the conversation of today's episode. So this episode is a lot about business coaches and how marketing your lifestyle and using income as a main marketing strategy is really detrimental to consumers and for a business coach. So before I kick off, I definitely want to add disclosure here. This is not an attack on business coaches. I know the title of this episode is cheeky. I know the way Serene, my friend and I who have this conversation and I, I know Serene, who is one of my friends. And when we get really fired up about something, we can get a little spicy and sassy. I know it can feel sometimes like we're just shitting on a certain group of people. I promise you we're not. We actually talk a lot in this episode about why we're having this conversation and what both ends of the spectrum can do, what business coaches can do and what clients can do to take responsibility for shifting what's really happening in the coaching industry right now. So again, the whole reason this got brought up is because I was starting to have discovery calls with clients and they're like, I would love to work with you, but I just made a huge financial investment in myself that did not pay off. And so now I'm literally paying for it with like my savings and I have to just take a hold on investments. I was like, totally makes sense. Then I would talk to someone else and they're like, I would love to work with you, but I just paid so much money, like my life savings. And honestly, I cannot make any more investments in myself. 
And it got to the point where I'm like, these aren't things that people seem excited about that they made an investment. They keep talking about it like they lost so much money or they regret it or something really bad happened in within the investment or the program. So then I was like, okay, one time, that's just a red flag. Two times, now my antenna is really up. Three or four times in one month is a pattern. Like something is going on. That's a trend, right? So I was like, I'm going to post on Instagram and see if this theory is true of like what is really happening with the business coaching industry and like, why is this happening? So I started posting and asking, why are people regretting their business investments or what happened with your business investment that you regret it? And there were so many answers and such specific answers, which I actually think, again, will help business coaches who listen to this podcast. So if you're a business coach and you're tuning in and you're like, oh, I can't believe Chelsea's about to just shit on business coaches and take you know, not have any clients take responsibility. No, 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 no. That's not the case at all. I actually talk a lot about what clients can do to pivot this whole dynamic as well. But I think it's important to hear from clients and consumers why they're not reinvesting, why they're not leaving glowing reviews, why you're not retaining them, why people are getting a bad taste in their mouth for business coaches. So that's what we talk about today. Now, Serene, if you don't know, was on episode 162, where we had a very similar conversation of why your clients are the heroes, not you. I got a ton of feedback on that episode. And I think it really hit a chord with people because honestly, it's a, it's a lot of what people are thinking and not just talking about. And I think Serena and I have those conversations. We're really comfortable having those conversations. And I think this conversation today is an extension of that other conversation. I just said conversation 45,000 times. <laughs> so yeah, why we had this combo was... Again, I feel like it's a trend that I couldn't stop hearing about and I wanted to address it. I think what we're seeing if we zoom out is that people really need to divest from capitalism as the baseline business structure. There's a huge overemphasis on money and income and not the actual service that we're providing to our clients. And, you know, none of us actually want to work for someone else who's just making profits and doesn't care about customers. Yet that's kind of what the business coaching industry has become is like, let me get a bunch of people in my program make that big launch number, market that launch number, and then keep using the income as my marketing strategy versus what happened with my client's success in the program. So this is something we really, really dive into. So if you're wondering, okay, what can we do about this? How can we shift it? We talk a lot about how to be more discerning, how to choose the best coach or mentor when it's actually time to hire one. I think a lot of people hire them way too early on. I know I did. And then we get in that phase of like, I can't believe I just spent that much money because we shouldn't have at that point hired someone, maybe down the line, but not like in your first month when you're just having an idea. And then we also talk about why you might need to cut the cord with one. That's something I think not a lot of people talk about is like, it's okay to fire any of your coaches. If you're not getting the service that you want and you've communicated that to them and nothing has changed, you 100% have the right to cancel and complain and let them know that you're not getting a service that you paid for. So again, this is not meant to be an attack at all. It's to help you as a consumer be more discerning and wise with your money and for business coaches to understand the cracks that are happening in the industry and how they can help seal them, redirect people and not get sucked into the trap that Serena and I talk about a lot in this episode. Now, I know I've been talking for a bit, but this episode is longer, so maybe you want to listen at like two times speed. I did not want to cut it up into two parts because I think really listening to the whole conversation in one go is the way to digest the impact of what we were talking about. So again, maybe speed it up or the beauty of podcasting, 
You can pause and always restart whenever you're ready. Now, just a reminder before I dive in, now just a very quick reminder before we get into the meat of this episode, if you leave a review this month, so we only have one week left of August, right? Yeah, one week left. That's crazy. If you leave a review this month, a written review, by the way, on Apple Podcasts, you will get a 30-minute one-on-one podcast consult with me. So this is for anybody who leaves a review. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, scroll down to write a review, leave a written review, and then screenshot that and send it to at Chelsea Rife or info at ChelseaRife.com. And then I will send you a link to book your consult. That's it. That's literally how easy it is. I don't offer consults anymore on my website. They are no longer a public offering unless you pay for the hour one. So if you want to win a free 30-minute one for this month only, all you have to do is leave that review, send it to me, and you will get a link to book that consult. All right. I know you are waiting to hear this episode. So let's dive in. All right, everybody. We need to talk. We need to talk right now. There is something going on in the online realm that has been catching my attention. And when I feel like I need to get deeper with someone, I call up Serene, who's joining me on the show today. Serene, welcome to the show. I am, I don't even know how to introduce this because I'm ready to just like dive right in. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Thanks for having me back. I think it's the perfect next conversation from what we'd already started talking about last time. Yeah. And to give everyone a refresher, Serene was back on in April and the episode title was Your Clients Are the Heroes, Not You. And we did really touch on the subject that we're going to talk about today, which is problems with business coaching and how we can really start to turn this industry around. So if you need a little like palate cleanser, probably start with the one, the part one with Serene, where we talked about this type of stuff. And we also talked a lot about Instagram and marketing and sales. And today we're diving deeper into business coaching. And the reason I wanted to chat about this pretty urgently, by the way, I pretty much made the decision yesterday to have this conversation with Serene, is because I've been doing a ton of consults in the last few weeks, totally free. And people are telling me, I would love to work with you, but I'm recovering financially from an investment I just made. I invested in a business coach and I didn't really make anything from it. And so now I'm in a really bad spot financially, so I can't work with you. And the first time I heard that, I was like, okay, totally understand. I've been there too. And then it happened a second time and a third time and a fourth time. And I'm like, okay, this is not an accident. There's a pattern here. And then I was like, maybe it's just the people I'm talking to. So then I put up an Instagram poll and I had people write in, have you had a bad experience with the business coach or, you know, what happened? And I think I got over 20 responses So to me, that's, again, this is not an isolated issue. This is a larger industry issue. And Serene, I know, has background in business. So this is why I wanted to have her back on because we want to talk about it. Yeah, reading those, I I was like quick to respond to your post because obviously I'm super interested in this and I'm just acutely aware of what goes on in an industry. And we've talked about this a lot since then. There's a lot of people who are just feeling kind of duped, for lack of a better word. They're spending money and they're working with somebody and then they're not getting the results that they were promised. Exactly. Well, why do you think there was such a boom in in business coaching to begin with? Like, where did this demand come from? So what I think really has happened, and I can speak to this from personal experience as well, it's like a lot of people when the pandemic hit, values kind of shifted for people. And so 
everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people decided like, wait a minute, like life isn't just about grinding and working until I retire. And then in my retirement, I'm going to enjoy my life. Like I actually want to start enjoying my life now. And so you have an influx of all these people who then don't want to work for someone else because they want to set their own standard of their work-life balance. They want to, you know, maybe only work a certain amount of days a week, or maybe they only want to work a certain amount of hours, or they just don't want someone else profiting off of their intellectual property and their, you know, genius or whatever it is. And so all of a sudden we have this huge influx of people who all want to work for themselves, but who truly don't necessarily have the skills to set up their own business. And so being that we're in this American culture where we want things to be fixed instantaneously, you then have all these people who want to work for themselves tomorrow and they need someone that's going to help them get there yesterday. And so cue all these business coaches coming out of the woodworks being like, I could help you get there. I did it. And so I think that is a huge reason why we're in the situation we're in right now. Oh, I can agree with that because that's when I started my business was during the pandemic. I was in lockdown (laughs) in Australia, had absolutely nothing to do. And I was like, well, this is the time. Like you have nothing to do. This is when you wanted. The whole reason I quit my job was to eventually work for myself. So to your point, the pandemic really started to shine a flashlight on, you know, the timing of, okay, this is the time to do it. You don't have any other responsibilities. And instantly, like what you said, I was like, well, I didn't go to business school. Like, I don't know anything about this. So the first thing you do, you start Googling. How do you set up a course? How do you become a business owner? Like, that's literally what you do. You start asking friends and family and asking your network. And I remember finding uh, a, a course on how to create a course. And that was my first kind of really entry point into the coaching world. And I was like, oh, I could pay for a course that's, you know, not a college class. And I learned a lot. And it was interesting because right after that course, this coach opened up a high ticket one-on-one six-month program. And I remember I actually got kind of grandfathered into it. And I believe we talked about this on my on the last podcast you were on too. But it was really vague. It was just like, right. it literally was like, I remember this so vividly. It was like, you're going to join this expansive container. It's spacious, more time, more in-depth analysis. It was just like buzzwords. And you have to remember what you just said. I wanted results quickly because it seemed like everyone around me was all of a sudden in business and doing really well. So I was like, well, I'm behind. I got to get someone to help me get to the top tomorrow. And so you do feel like, well, let me make this big investment because you know she did it and so can I. I'm curious about your experience with coaching or anything that you've experienced around coaching in general. Right. So I'll get into my personal experience, but I think that the thing that we're seeing and I'm it's insane because then the more you highlight it, the more you see it, everyone's emphasizing the money. And so it's literally not even about what people are doing or what they're offering. Everyone's like, I'm going to help you make a 5k month or, or what is it, not 5k month, like a five figure month or six figure year. I'm going to help you. You know, it's always about the money. Like literally yesterday after we had our brief conversation, as I'm doom scrolling through Instagram, I see something and it's about this place in Costa Rica and they're basically targeting people to come do their retreats at their center instead of their marketing being like, Hey, look at our center. It's a beautiful, it's a great spot for your retreat. Their marketing literally said, you will get a free vacation. We'll fly you out here. Come check out our spot. It's like, wait a minute. So you have this whole ass retreat center. It actually has nothing to do with like providing 
revolutionary services and thoughts and transformation for people. It's literally so you can bring someone in who can rope some other people in, like so that everyone can make money. That's the emphasis. And they're not even pretending because that's what they're marketing. And so I think across the board, we're trying to like solve a problem with the problem. So none of us want to work for somebody else because we don't want to give our money, you know, away in this capitalist structure. And yet we want to kind of bring people in so that we can make money quickly so that we can go live our life and not have to do a lot of work. And so it takes away the emphasis for why we're doing our work. And it emphasizes just like make a bunch of money. And so across the board, it's always, it's like, that's what you see, the dollar signs, the money, like those are all the buzzwords that people are using. Not all, but a lot of them. Yeah. I would say 95% of the content I see is about how big the launch was about how much money they made, how, well, you know, the cash month they just ended with. I've truly never seen it be like, okay, maybe sometimes I've never seen it be like, you know what? My client Serene actually learned a launch strategy that works for her energy. She works full time and we figured out a plan that she can launch while working full time. And she had 10 people sign up for a course. I like, I never really see that. No, you don't. You never see anything about the actual clients. It's like, okay, so you made a lot of money quickly, but like, what, how, like, who did you serve? Like, what are the people you made money from successful? Like, did they also make money? Which then leads to the question, like, are we just involved in some like mid-level marketing scam? Right. Which was kind of the issue with my first business coaching program, the very vague six month program there was no clear outline of like what was happening at the end. Was it like, you're going to learn launching, you were going to have a strong email list, you're going to build a funnel for sales. It was kind of like everything under the sun. It was like, we're going to learn this, you're going to learn how to set up your day, you're going to learn how to hire, you're going to learn how to... And I was like, it was the way it was sold to me almost was as if you're going to like a six month business school, which of course, again, if you think of, yeah, I don't want to pay $100,000 to go to Harvard Business School let me hire good old Jen on the internet who's charging $5,000 and is apparently going to teach me that level of skill in six months, even though she just became a coach last summer. Like that's insane to actually think about when we're talking about it out loud. And then I realized who she was learning from was another coach and he was learning from another coach. And that's when it started to click of like, they, everything is just being passed down as a copy and paste tactic And we're just learning it without taking into account any nuance or context about the client and their personal life. Right. There's uh, can I read something from the book Rework? It's a a good book, a business book. If anyone's looking for before you spend money, we can come back talk about that later. He says in one of the chapters, it says, don't copy. He said, that's a formula for failure. The problem with this sort of copying is it skips understanding and understanding is how you grow. You have to understand why something works or why something is the way it is. When you just copy and paste, you miss that. You just repurpose the last layer instead of understanding all the layers underneath. And so that feels like so much of what's going on is that everyone is just trying to insert themselves in someone else's formula. And then they're like, well, why isn't it working? It's like, because you don't even know why you're doing what you're doing. Right. There's no basis of understanding. And that's why I also like hate the term quantum leap. I've talked about this a lot, but I'm like, why are we trying to go from step one to 20? That means you don't understand levels one through 19. So when you get to 20, you're not going to even understand how to sustain it because you're like, I never learned the, the basics of one through 19. So now I'm at level 20 and that's when imposter syndrome creeps up. That's when people self-sabotage. That's when people are like, holy shit, I wasn't ready for this. 
because you need to understand the basics of moving through each level at your own pace. I love that episode actually of yours when you talked about that. And I think it's so true. Like if you're not, there's not, and I would say there's nothing wrong with a good old quantum leap, but if you're not ready for it, then you're going to go right back. It's like, you're going to quantum leap backwards, which is, I think kind of the point of what you were saying, because you just fall there and then it's like, Oh, wait a minute. I don't even know what I'm doing here. Like how to move forward or, and so not being prepared for it, I think is super big. And I think part of that is not understanding and not clarifying what your why is, which I think not many of these programs really push people to get to. It's like, what are you, why are you doing the work that you're doing? What makes you excited about it? Why do you want to work with these specific clients? Do you even know like the questions that we ask before we start a business? Like the, I don't know, business school 101 probably. Right. And to your point, like you said, the more you talk about it, the more you see it, it's inevitable. You know, it is a thing like cognitive or confirmation bias. But it, now I'm thinking of like every coaching program that I've seen the last three months marketed is just dollar signs, dollar signs, dollar signs, like how big everyone's launch was, how much money everyone's making. And I'm like, but what are your students learning? Like literally right. what are the skill sets that they're learning and are they transferable skill sets? Is it something that when they are done with you at the end of the three months, six months, 12 months, that they will be fine and sustain and don't have to invest in like another, you know, $25,000 mastermind with you? Right. Because then yeah, that's not and can, skills. Can I reuse those skills somewhere else? Because that's the other thing too. The reality of the situation is like, not everyone is going to be able to quit their day job and just launch their business and be a success, especially if you're not clear on what it is you're offering. And so I think a lot of it is just, we've kind of bought into this idea that just because I, which is maybe part of this whole, and I'm not knocking manifesting because I'm like the most woo-woo person in the world, but the idea that just because I want something that I'm going to get it. Right. It's the model of the marketing of it has become, look at my lifestyle, look at how I live, look at what I buy, look at the partner I have, look at where, you know, everything is like flashlight on the coach again. And right. then that becomes a problem because scaling yourself is not a sustainable business model. So you're constantly reaching for, I have to be more inspirational. I have to buy more luxury things to look more rich because I, the way I've sold my business is like being rich. So it's right. like, how do you sustain that when that was like, if that's the basis of your model, it's not a, a real business model. Right. And I think too... I suspect with some people and not a lot of coaches and also just to clarify, I think you and I get really excited and we're not trying to knock business coaches across the board. It's more of a critique on the industry and what's kind of happening because there's a lot of incredible coaches that are out there, but they're getting diluted because of the demand that has been created. Yeah, I agree. Like we're not here with pitchforks being like, buy business coaching, see you never, <laughs> like good luck with your life. It's more of, this actually, I think, is meant to help business coaches to have higher client retention rates, have happier clients, and not feel like you constantly have to put pressure on yourself to be, again, scale yourself. And I want to say, too, this is a lot. I'm speaking a lot from my own experience of me being a mindset coach, because I noticed when I was mindset coaching, the people I was attracting, it was from all walks of life. Like Some people were confusing me for a business coach when we were talking about like marketing. Some people wanted to talk about how to work on their health. Some people wanted to talk about how they wanted to quit their job. And I'm like, this is kind of weird, right? Like, why am I talking about four different things that are very big life changes? And right. then 
the way I was marketing was all about my lifestyle. Like everyone go back to my Instagram 2020. It's all me on the beach talking about inspirational things that happened to me, an amazing thing, you know, every single day. And I remember when I moved to Germany during the lockdown, that's when a big wake up call happened of like, my lifestyle is no longer inspirational. You know, like, <laughs> I'm right. in, a, in a room locked up in Germany, basically like, oh my God. And then it's, I started to realize this is not a sustainable thing. Like, what am I going to do in a year or three years, five years? And all the tactics I used and the inspirational content started to kind of crumble before my eyes. So a lot of what I'm saying today is from my own experience as well. Right. Which then goes back to the like, why are we doing the thing that we're doing? And is it in alignment with what we're actually lit up by? Yeah. And I think something maybe we should touch on too is when you're making a huge investment and huge is relative, right? Like there might be some people listening that are like 3000. I can definitely manage that for a three month coach. There might be people that are like, oh no, I would have to tap into my life savings to afford that type of thing. So when you are making that big of an investment, and especially if it's one-on-one, Serene, in your opinion, like what would you be expecting out of a $3,000 one-on-one investment? So one of the biggest things is I would not want it to be theoretical at that point. Like I don't want theories on how things should be my one-to-one should be the actual work. Like I want to be doing the work with that person. I think above anything else, like I don't need a Q&A necessarily. If I'm paying a large amount of money, then I want to see results during the sessions. Like whether that, not necessarily like I'm going to make a sale right there, but it's like, I want my webpage to be changed or I want to launch or I want, you know, to have an actual plan to go by. Like there should be, literal results and things for me to work on and having been worked on with the coach, like the actual doing of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's the integration. And again, we talked about this in our first episode together, but there's never a space to integrate or there's space to integrate, but it's all in the client. It's like, Oh, Hey, we're in it. You know, the next two weeks are for you to just integrate. And it's like, but what does that mean? Like, I don't know how to actually map out a launch. Like I know we talked about it and like you said, in theory, I get it, but I don't know what you mean when you say, you know, move me through the stages of awareness. Like I need someone to do that with me on the call. And this is something that I, again, can look back in hindsight and say, I noticed on my own mindset coaching calls, when we would do exercises on the call together, it felt like to me, why are we doing this on the call? Because it made me feel like when someone's investing this amount of money in me, I need to be an expert dropping like knowledge bombs left and right, right? Like I need to be like this insanely quotable uh, source of wisdom on every call. But then at that point, it was just lecturing where the calls where it was like, hey, I'm going to mute out. I'm going to turn my video off for the next 10 minutes. I just want you to write these things down. Those are the calls that clients would be like, that was such an incredible call. And I'm like, really? Because we just did, you know, an exercise for 10 minutes. But to your point is because they were doing the work and they could see the progress in real time. Oftentimes we don't, we can't do things on our own, which is why we hire a coach. Like that's the whole point. We don't know how to do it on our own. That's like literally the point. You don't go to a therapist so they can tell you about all the theories that they learned. Like you literally go there to work through your shit in the fucking moment. Excuse my language, but like, that's the, like the, I don't know how we've lost the whole thing there, but it's like you work specifically with somebody so they can watch you do the thing and then give you pointers. If I get a coach to like help me with basketball, 
he's not going to like go over all of his amazing stats of the NBA. Like that would not be a thing. He's going to watch me play basketball and give me pointers. So like how we have all these and give me feedback. So that next time when we work again together, I can show him how I've improved because I've practiced based off of what he told me. So having these one-to-one sessions where it's like a and a it's like, what is the point of that? Why am I paying you $1,000 to ask you questions when honestly, I can probably skim through your blog or your website and find all the answers. Like the information is probably there. Well, and we don't know what we don't know. So sometimes like these like pick my brain, ask me anything calls are like, well, I don't know because I need an audit, right? That's actually what is missing a lot too is like, can you audit my business and like, see what the gaps are, see if I have a pricing gap, see if I'm profitable. Like there's no audit. So you're just like, how do I market on Instagram? How do I launch? And then they answer, but it's like, but we don't know anything about the state of your business. So it's almost a waste of time to be honest. It is a waste of time. Cause again, it's like, if you're not, if you haven't started with like the doing of things, then to your point, I'm not going to have questions. You don't just drum up questions out of nowhere. And so, yeah, if you're, if you haven't started, then you need a strategist. Like you need a, it's a whole different thing. And then maybe you hire someone for that, but that's like very specific and you should not be charging a lot of money for someone to help you sort through your ideas. Right. Like that's something that find like a community group, maybe a low ticket membership and like get in community and start to brainstorm. But yeah, if you're paying high ticket, especially for one-on-one, that's something that I think both Serene and I agree on that. We should be doing work together and getting direct feedback on our own business and like based on our life. Because I think that's a big piece missing too, is going back to the copy and paste thing. If a coach is telling you to do the same thing as me, to do the same thing as the next person, that's not custom strategy. Like that's, no. the, that's the high ticket investment is to be customized. And I think that's what's missing a lot. Totally. Yeah. If I'm paying for you to just tell me about your life and how you did it in a one-to-one session that's a scam. Sorry. But like, that ain't it. That's not a one-to-one session. No, because here's the thing. Your coach should, if they're one-on-one high ticket, is there anything personalized, right? If they're, if you're being sold on like, this is a custom high level, high touch experience, et cetera, they need to take into account so many things. Like how much time do you have in the week to dedicate to your business? Right. A lot of people, like you said, don't really have the time to just leave their full-time job. So like, you know, people getting 10 things of homework to do, but they have three hours of free time and they're a single mom at home with a full-time job. Like that's not the same as a 21 year old with a trust fund that has a whole different life experience. Like those two people are very different people and need different strategies. So that like mental health access to capital, right? Like if this thing doesn't work out, are you going to be okay financially? Are you going to be literally filing for bankruptcy? Like these are things and you really should know before you get invested in a high ticket coach. Like, do they understand that about you? I think the other thing too, I've been thinking about this a lot and it's because of my own personal like issues around money. And in general, that's been one of the things that's kind of keeps coming up for me in my own business and like figuring out how much I want to charge for things. I think a lot of what's happening too, is that like, we have to be honest about the fact that it's kind of the mainstream right now. This is an industry that's huge and it's not kind of this offshoot anymore. It's become very mainstream. And so the prices that people see are related more to the market and less to do with the value in a lot of instances. And I'm not saying that to like take away from there's incredible people. I've worked with some amazing people and there are people who do good work 
And there are a lot of people who are charging an incredible amount of money for nothing. And I mean that because it's like they are, they're putting those prices up because that is the value for people who have good services. And so, you know, everyone's like, oh yeah, that's how much I can make. And so they charge that much since that's what the market is kind of looking like. Yet they have maybe some good marketing and they have like a nice website, but they don't have anything to back it up. It's kind of like a smoke and mirrors. And so a lot of times you see all these prices and you're like, oh, well, you know, that's just kind of what the industry, but there's not really a service behind it. Right. Like you said, it's just, oh, well, she charged that. So I could charge that. It's actually, I think, a good point for me to bring up some of the responses that I got on the Instagram poll. I basically asked, have you had issues with a business coach and what happened? So I'm just going to read a few of them. Here's one. I've gotten a lot of, I'll send you that, or I promise feedback and then get nada. I'm still in it, but it's very masculine energy, consistency, et cetera. I feel like the coach didn't see me for where I was and what I wanted. Great at marketing, but the content on the program was meh. And here's probably one of the saddest ones. I'm talking, I, oh, here we go. I was a lot less privileged than other women. I invested a ton of money without return. I'm talking, I spent 12K and pretty much went bankrupt and earned $125. Okay, so she spent 12,000 and earned $125 total that year. This is why Serena and I are having this conversation. This is, I just read four out of like literally 25 responses. And it goes to, again, the 12K, but earning $125, like that's not normal. Like there must have been a huge gap in communication or what was presented versus what the client got. I feel like it is normal though. I'm saying it's in normal in terms of right now, the trend of just the amount of people who are charging money and people not getting a return on it, I would say that is more normal. And it sucks because, I mean, this is, we've been talking about this for a while where it's like clients then try and approach the coach and it's like, well, you know, sorry. And it's like, wait a minute, you kind of guaranteed those things. Like, where's the guarantee? Like, where's the disconnect? Right. Like, are, are people getting their money back if they aren't successful? Like, there's no kind of accountability for, you know, coaches that are, kind of taking advantage of people. Well, yeah. And then it turns into again, like absolutely no refunds. And then the way people market that is like, I'm not available energetically for refunds. I don't do refunds. It's very, to be honest, to me, that comes from a very scarce energy. And I know you and I read um, Derek Sivers book. It was, what was it called again? I'm totally blanking. Oh, I have it in front of me. Cause it's like little Bible, anything you want, 40 lessons for a new kind of entrepreneur anything you want. And I remember very specifically, he talks about customer service and he mentioned basically they would do anything to keep their clients. And I referenced this in one of my recent episodes, but um, one client wanted a big ask and he basically was like, look, we'll do it if you buy us a pizza and gave the guy the pizza number. And the guy was like, okay, yeah, sure. Like I'll buy you guys pizza. And, <laughs> he fixed it. and like to this day, he's one of their most raving loud customers, even though he sold the company where what we see in the business coaching industry, and this happens a lot with energetics, there's a lot of talk about energetics, is like, I'm not energetically available for refunds. I don't do those. I've never had one. I won't be offering it, da, da, da. And to me, that that comes off pretty scarce because it's like, it seems like you're hoarding the money because you're scared it's going to leave instead of let me give this client back their money because they had a poor experience and we could just separate our own ways. Yeah, I think it's scarcity, but I think it's also the people who actually don't have anything to offer. And so this might sound a little bit harsh, but again, there are people in this industry who do incredible work and have an amazing service. And then there are people who do not. And the people who do not 
do not want to even entertain the idea of you giving back their money because they're already moving on to the next person. Like it's low key, kind of like a scam where they're using language and things, you know, it's kind of like hypocrisy. Like how can you promote something about energy and wanting to like be in this really good space and yet you don't have room to stand behind what you're creating? Like, well, then what are you creating? Like, what are you actually offering? And so I think that there's just a lot of people who've kind of come into this space. Again, like I was saying before, they don't want to work for somebody else. They want to make a bunch of money quickly. And so when you make a bunch of money quick, you're not really selling anything good. Like you're just getting in with what's hot. You're making a bunch of money and then you dip out. And so I would argue that a lot of these people will not be coaches for long because eventually people are going to be like, you know, hip to what's going on and they're not going to work with these people anymore. Enough people will be like, oh, no, 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 no. That's like not a real coach. They don't actually, I've had a really bad experience. Right. And this actually just sparked something that you talked about one time. Maybe this was in one of our WhatsApp conversations. Serena and I have a lot of heated WhatsApp conversations <laughs> about so many different things. But I remember you said something along the lines of like, there becomes a period where it's not sustainable. And that's why then people retrain to become other types of coaches you know, oh, then they're becoming like yes. the relationship coach and then a sex therapist coach and then a mi- money mindset coach. Can you explain that whole concept? Because you explained it really well when we were talking about it. Yeah, just kind of if you're they're basically jumping on whatever is kind of hip in the moment. So like, let's say I start out as a money coach and I get a bunch of people in and I'm like, you're going to I have some really good marketing. And this we can talk about this in a second. I might be an influencer at this point. And so I have a pretty big following. And so I'm like, look at all the money that I have. Everyone come make a bunch of money like me. I get a bunch of people in. I make a bunch of money. And then it kind of starts to come out that I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And I no longer can kind of bring in customers. And then I kind of disappear for a minute. And then next thing you know, I am a, I don't know, a mindset coach. And then all of a sudden my like social media has kind of changed. And now I do mindset and I bring in all these other people and da, 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 because mindset's the hot topic of the moment. And then I kind of, you know, get the people that I can make some money and then I disappear again. And the next thing you know, I'm like a Reiki master. And I do want to say as well, this is not to knock people who are interested in a varying amount of things because I'm like super interested in different things. My sister is like, I get that. We all can explore different things, but that's where, and you talk about this a lot, Chelsea, we have to use discernment with people. And we're like, hang on a minute. Is this like them actually being interested in these different modalities? Or is this person just kind of like a chameleon who's reinventing themselves so that they can continue to kind of scam people for lack of a better word? (laughs) Right. And here's the thing. I was talking to Serena about this where I'm like, I know business coaches don't go into it thinking I'm going to scam people, right? I know a lot of people go into this because they genuinely want to help people quit toxic jobs, get out of toxic environments, get out of toxic relationships. Like that is the goal. So I know a lot of people are listening being like, oh my God, Serena and Chelsea are just saying we're scammers and we're you know, <laughs> right. that's not what they're saying. I know if you are a business coach listening, I know you got into it to help people live that life of their dreams or they're not reporting, like you said, giving away ideas and intellectual property and working crazy hours like that. I know that's the goal, but again, you have to look at the service. Like Serene's been saying that you are providing like what transferable skills and sustainable skills are you providing? And what are you a master at? That's I think a big thing to point out too, is like 
do you specialize in maybe one to two things? I think that would actually be better for you to be like, I specialize in launch strategy and offer design so that people know when they come to you, they're going to learn how to launch and build an offer. But if you, I think this is the discernment conversation and we can get to this too, is if someone's like, oh, I'm a full-blown business coach. I'm going to help you learn Instagram marketing, launch a podcast, launch TikTok, start a YouTube channel, you know, make 10K in 10 minutes, start an email list, build a funnel. <laughs> I don't know who has all those skills. Like that yeah, is no one, no one, because that's, it's actually hard. I, I'm going to like research this a bit more, but it's really hard for your brain to handle that amount of skills, right? Like to go from financials to admin, to marketing, to coaching, to sales, like to do that every day on end. I don't think that's like possible. But it also like, I don't even want to do that. And that again, goes back to the main thing where it's like, if you have a clear reason for what it is you want to do, like if I want to be an astrologer, why the heck would I want to spend all my time doing all of those things anyway? I want to do astrology. So I don't need to necessarily learn how to do all of those things anyway. Like, yes, you should kind of have a baseline. So that way, if you're hiring people and you, you know, or you're subcontracting some of the workout, then you can oversee it. But I don't need to be an expert in everything in order to be an astrologer. That's for sure. Right. I think that's where discernment comes in is like, if someone's promoting that they're going to help you become an expert at, you know, every single facet of your business, A, like Serene's saying, why would you want that? That's where delegation comes in. Like if you're trying to be a true business owner, a CEO, CEOs have teams. They have people that help them. They have specialists and strategists. They don't do everything themselves. This whole, I think this probably is just an idea of the American dream too, of like, I'm going to do it all by myself. I have a chip on my shoulder. I'm going to prove everyone wrong that I can do everything alone. And it's like, that's not a sustainable structure and you're going to hate your business and your life. Right. And I think also that whole, that's a fallacy in and of itself. Like the idea that people do things on their own, it's like, you don't. Like we get help in all various ways, whether you see it or whether you even recognize it or acknowledge it, we are not doing anything on our own. And so to even pretend that that's a thing is problematic in and of itself. And I totally agree with you. It's like some sort of badge of honor. Like I struggled and I dug through the trenches and this is all me where it's like, okay, but it isn't. <laughs> right. And if you look at any successful person, again, use discernment. Do they have a virtual assistant? Do they have a podcast editor? Do they have a social media manager? Like most likely they do. It's very rare that someone can do all of it by themselves. And people that are like, oh, it was just me and my VA for three years. That's not something to tout. That probably means they worked really late hours and really long hours. And it's like, for what? To look more credible? Like that's not, a business skill does not involve struggling. Right. I want to talk about our experiences with business coaching because I knew we're not, like I've had amazing coaches like we've been talking about. I've had some of my coaches and I have had not so great experiences with others. So can you share a little bit about some maybe that you loved and some that haven't really worked out? Yeah. So I worked with an intuitive coach who does specialize with people who are entrepreneurs. She's also a psychic and um, her her name is Shoshana French. And she's amazing. And it's funny because I kind of went to her, I did a six month program with her that kind of stretched into 10 months and it was miraculous. I went in kind of wanting some mentorship specifically as I was building my business. And what's funny is, I mean, her being the incredible intuitive that she is, we were like, okay, these are our kind of goals. But really what ended up coming out of it was like, I wasn't even really ready to 
start a business because I needed to do a lot of my own kind of work on myself. I just needed to grow in a lot of ways. I needed to change some of my value systems. And so that's a lot of what we focused on. We did a lot of energy clearing, changing a lot of narrative. It was incredible. I got, I like went into it thinking I needed one thing. Her being the amazing person that she is was like, nah, this girl needs something else. And that's what we focused on. And so that's like to your point before, it was like, you cannot just have this one formulaic thing where you're like, okay, I'm just going to like, you know, give everybody this exact same package deal. She honed in on what I needed in that moment. And that's what we focused on for the 10 months that we worked together. And it was incredible. And I referenced so much of what I learned. It's like invaluable. I'm always going back. I have like recordings. I listen to things. I learn new things. And so that was totally an experience where I would do it again and again. Oh, love that. I know personally for me, and I know a lot of people know this because Serene and I met in this membership was the North Node membership. Um, learning from Michelle and her team about copywriting and pricing and so many different things. But the copy specifically stood out to me because I never realized how much structure there was and the types of emails they write and how to convert and how to lay out something without, you know, constantly poking up people's pain points, which is what I learned in my other coaching program. And learning that skill of copy and getting direct feedback from Michelle and her team was invaluable to me. Like, and that wasn't even a one-on-one coach. So I'm like, that's what, that, what happened with Michelle and her team is what I would expect out of a one-on-one coach. Like, here's how you do it. Now you're going to do it. I'm going to watch you do it. I'm going to give feedback. Now you're going to practice. And next time we regroup, I want to see it. And we're going to keep repeating it until you, you become like an expert or you feel like you've grasped it. Right. Yeah. The North Node, I can only say amazing things about because talk about value for what you spend. Like, people that I've met, the things that I've learned and from a business perspective, also just as like an intuitive, just across the board, continuously learning more and more. And so that has been an incredibly, that's been another really positive experience in terms of like a business school-esque, if you will. And you know what? This kind of brings up a topic that I think we should talk about quickly too, is maybe you don't need a business coach. Maybe you need a specialist or a strategist. And I think people just jump to business coaching because like you said, it's, it's very popular and it just sounds like what you need, right? Oh, I'm a business owner now. I need a business coach. But if you actually take time to look at your own skill set and be like, okay, for me, I love podcasting. I love writing. I am not good at setting up systems. So instead of hiring a business coach, I hired a VA who specialized in systems and automation, who actually is an expert in that and understands workflows and automation. My business coach does not do that. My business coach was more, you know, how to handle a group program and feedback, how to get testimonials. Like it wasn't actual backend automations and systems. Same thing with editing. I have a podcast, but I hate editing. So I outsource that. So I think maybe this is a solution for some people that keep falling. I don't want to say falling. Keep investing in business coaches that they're not getting a lot of return it's probably because the business coach isn't a specialist in something that you need a specialist in. Right. So there are two types of stages. I mean, there's probably more stages, but I would identify two as a main thing. The first being you already have a business, you have customers, you're bringing in revenue. And that would be where you need a specialist because maybe you need help with growth or maybe you need help launching a new program or maybe you need more people to see it. So you need marketing, but that is definitely an easy way to identify where you need a specialist. And then the other side of it is that you don't have a business per se yet because you don't have customers, you have an idea, 
and you're looking to help someone or you're looking for someone to help you create your business and get it going. That is where it, I would say, absolutely do not hire a business coach because if you haven't sort of tested the waters, tried to find a client, even like, you know, done some free consultations to make sure that people are interested in what you want to offer, then you might end up in a situation where you're spending a lot of money and you're not going to get a return because a business coach is not going to guarantee, I will make sure that you make 100K in the first six months or you'll get your money back. I mean, if they do, then by all means, go work with that person. But, you know. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually a really good point is that it makes sense, right? Like, this is what I did. I am stepping into the business world. I don't know what to do. I'm not going to go to actual business school because I don't have the means to. But look, there's a business coach. I'm going to hire them. But what Serene's saying is, think of it as like, I'm a very visual person. So I'm like, think of like a pot of clay, like a pottery. How can a business coach help you if you don't even have like the ball of clay yet? Right? Right. It's like, what are we working with? Like, I can't help you build a pot when when you literally don't even have clay. So it's like, you need to play with the clay first and be like, okay, wow, that didn't work at all. Let me try this shape. Let me try that. Okay, this is like kind of getting traction. This thing is staying sturdy. Now let me bring someone in to have a second set of eyes. But you need to understand what they're helping you with. So if it's like, I'm going to help you with X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, you know, I'm going to help you with 30 different things in three months. That should set off an antenna for you. That should be a red flag. And I think that's something we can talk about, Serena, is like, what are some red flags or things that people should be a little more discerning of when hiring? Yeah, definitely. If someone says that they're going to help you with everything, then that off the bat, because I don't know if there's ever been a success story where one person can help you with everything in like, you know, six months. Well, also, here's the thing, going back to that point of like doing everything, you might not need everything. Like you don't need everything. Like, why would you need you know, I don't know. Someone's like, I can help you get testimonials. What's like, do you have customers yet? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and like, for me, I think this is a good example. I've done a lot of inventory lately of like, where are my clients coming from? It's always from listening to me on a podcast or my podcast or guest coaching in someone else's program. So now that I have that data, which by the way, I put on my intake form or my application form so I can figure that stuff out. Now I know why am I spending hours in Canva and editing reels when I could be spending 90% of my time focused on guest podcasting and guest pitching into side programs. So why would I now go hire a coach who's like, I'm going to help you gain 10,000 followers on Instagram and sell your offers on social media, right? Like that doesn't make sense for me. Right. And that's where we kind of get, and it's all of us. I am the same, like the marketing and the advertising world has always been really good. And that's where you go back to this idea of like, you know, honing your intuition and getting to know yourself is totally what I needed to do, because then you'll get trapped into thinking that you need to do that, even though, you know, right, you're like, okay, I know I have the information. I don't sell on Instagram. You see this like beautiful flashy ad and you're like, but maybe I could make it work. Like this person's gonna, I'll be the exception. And like, where it's like your data literally says otherwise. And so I will say too, like, it's so easy to get swayed into all of these things because people make it look so good, so appealing. Like it's just constantly like, maybe I, maybe I could be the one. Right. And it's also, you have to remember, it's literally like human nature to want more or like be a little bit competitive, I think. 
So when you're like, wait a second, this girl, like you said, has this beautiful Instagram feed and she has a million followers and just had a million dollar a year. If I just buy into that, I will have the same thing. It's a very black and white thinking thing of like, if I just buy into it, I'm going to have the same thing. When in reality, like we don't know how she got there. Like, did her parents invest in her business? Did she put everything on a credit card? Does she have 10 team members? Like, you don't know that. And that's going back to the discernment conversation. If you see someone who's constantly using their income as the marker for success, you should start asking them about their client success. So I recently did this. I made an investment into an agency that's helping me become a guest on podcasts because like I said, that is the data I have. I keep getting high ticket clients from being a guest on podcasts. So that's where I'm putting my money. Now, the before I invested in this high ticket agency, I asked them, can you send me testimonials? Can you send me case studies? Do you have numbers of like the amount of podcasts that you've helped people land on? Can you send me references? How are you guaranteeing that you're pitching me, you know, on podcasts that aren't just random Joe Schmo that just started yesterday? Like, do you even have a qualification system of podcasts I'm going to be on? Like, these are questions you should be asking any coach that you invest in. What are your clients' results? So again, if you see the flashy numbers, a million dollar a year, 100K a month, start asking about their clients. Right. And they should know about their clients. You know, if your business coach doesn't know about their clients, that is a red flag because then that goes to tell you they have zero interest in their actual customer. Right. Because they should be a, they should be able to speak to specifically people and they should be interested in it and excited about it. Like if I'm purporting myself to be a business coach, I should be lit up by other people's businesses, not my own. Like Yes, my business is cool and my business is incredible. But the whole point of my why is that I want to help other people become like, you know, who they want to be. So that's what should light me up. I should be the most excited talking about other people and what they've done, not about myself. I'm like, then that goes to show you what the priority is. If I'm more interested in telling you about me than the people that I work with, then that's my priority. And that will be my priority when I'm working with you is me. Right. Yeah. To me, then it starts to feel like now I'm just a dollar sign or now I'm going to be part of your next big launch announcement that you just had, you know, a 50K launch instead of, again, I helped my 10 clients define their launch strategy and now they can launch without headaches. Like that should be the marketing. That actually brings me to one of the responses that someone wrote to me. They wrote, I invested in a shamanic program and a podcast course. And I felt like both the quality and investment made by the coach and mentor was minimal but the amount I paid was in the five figures. I didn't feel a deep connection from them or even that they actually cared about my growth and expansion, more about the money. So this is a direct quote from someone who has experienced what we're talking about. I've experienced it too, where I would see in that business mastermind I was in, the coach was just constantly promoting her income numbers. And I was like, you never share what's happening with the group. Like the group has had some incredible experiences, but it was always uh, back to their income. And I'm trying to figure out like, what is the motivation for that? And I think it's two things. I think it's one, I think people think you are more credible with the amount of money you make, right? Like if I can make 10K a month, for some reason, as humans, we think they must like really know their shit and what they're doing versus someone who's like, it just sounds for some reason better than I helped Serene divine her launch strategy. And now she can launch while she works full time. But making 10k for some reason is shinier and this is probably a capitalist thing again the american dream and then two i do think it's kind of a dopamine hit and i can admit this from experience when you get a new client and they sign that contract and you see that payment come in you do get really excited 
And I think client, I think coaches get a little too caught up in that versus my client's experience and their whole entire program together and like retaining them and making sure they're a happy client. It's like, Ooh, I want that feeling of like constantly signing new clients and getting that dopamine hit of all these payments coming through. Well, yeah, because that goes back to that initial thing where it's like, I want to make money for myself and I don't want to give it away and I don't want to work hard. Like these, there's nothing wrong with that. Let me just say that. I think that everyone is worthy and wanting easier life. I think people are exhausted. Like the whole grind culture sucks. It's terrible. And so everyone is deserving of that. It's just unfortunate that we're not at a place yet. We haven't quite figured it out where everyone can kind of get that without some people being on the like, like for that to be at the cost of someone else, if that makes sense. Right. So that, and that's the whole capitalist structure is that there's someone who's making a bunch of money and then there's someone else who's kind of not, and who's kind of getting the shit end of the stick. And so unfortunately that's spilled into the kind of coaching world where that's a lot of the times what's happening is that people are making a lot of money and then other people who are getting the services aren't exactly getting a good service. And so then they're just left like, uh, what? But it doesn't mean that, you know, it's like to your point before, everyone's kind of just trying to get to the same place, which is totally, totally makes sense because I don't think anyone should have to work super hard. No. And I have like kind of a personal anecdote right now that I'm, uh, you know, living in Europe right now. I'm on this trip with remote year and in the mornings I don't have any meetings because of the time zone difference. So I don't have to talk to really any clients until 2 PM and the morning we've been going to the beach, we've been doing tours or sleeping in. And then uh, I have my meetings in the afternoon and then we might go out at night because then I have the next morning to sleep in again. I can take off Fridays. I can take off Mondays. Like I can build my schedule. And what's interesting is I'm like, wait, it's interesting because this is the lifestyle I wanted, but because my income is not six figures yet, it almost feels like it's not real, if that makes sense. It's like, oh, when you actually think about why you want to make $100,000 or a million dollars, it's usually because you want to live a certain lifestyle, but you could have that lifestyle now without chasing the 10K month, 50K month, 100K month. And that's something that I, I'll probably do a whole different episode about this, but like the current lifestyle I'm living is what the dream was when I started my business. And I don't make six figures. Guys, I'm not full transparency right now. As of August, I'm not really on track to hit six figures, but this is the life I wanted. So that's something I would also ask yourself is like, why are you chasing an income goal? What is the lifestyle you want? How can you build your business to support that? And how can you help your clients? Like going back to Serene's point, like what is your why? What are you motivated by? Why are you even in business? Right. And I think to this, like, in general, that's just a bigger question where we have to get clear on where we're trying to move towards. Like that's like a more spiritual over, you know, overarching question, but divesting from that whole belief that our value is in how much money we have. And so it's like, we're not able to be happy with what we have in the moment, then we're going to consistently be chasing. And we're going to be on that train of like, having to reinvent ourselves, figure out how to make more money. Like at a certain point, you have to be satisfied with what you have and figure out how to find joy in that. Like I definitely reflected on that in 2020 when the pandemic hit. It was like, and I think I maybe even talked about this last time where I was always trying to chase the next big adventure and the next big thing. And so then you're always trying to make more money. And it's like, at a certain point, you're just like, man, if I can find joy in the little things and like the everyday of my life, then I will have figured it out. Exactly. Because 
It's true, right? Like even on this trip, I can kind of see myself being like, oh my gosh, we have these incredible, by the way, we got to Europe and we have nice apartments. If anyone's lived in Europe, that's not usually what happens. They're usually like, <laughs> they're old, apartment, which means old. And so <laughs> I was like, wow, we're in such nice apartments. And here I am thinking, oh, but I wonder if we would have paid more money if we would have had like penthouse apartments or more. You yeah, like wait, what? like I'm in a nice apartment in Europe. Like, what else could I want? And so it's like this constant chase for really nothing. Like, I think that it would help you also understand your values, right? Like, what do you value, and like, what can you spend your money on there? Versus, I constantly need to be growing my business to hit 10k months because of some random marketing thing that I saw on Instagram. Right. I also want to talk about you reference someone's um, issue with a self-paced course. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, yeah. I kind of have a thing with self-paced courses because, well, I don't have a thing with self-paced courses on their own. I have an issue with kind of the pricing around a lot of them. And also, again, this is an industry issue. I'm not trying to come for anyone specifically, but there is a huge effort and marketing effort right now where it's like, sell your course online, la, la, la. And like, so I'll talk specifically. I'm sure my sister will be fine with me. I'll talk specifically about her. So she was joining a kind of membership for artists to become like to make businesses out of their artwork. And I was thinking when she joined the course, I was like, man, she should join the North Node. Like it's way less money and she'll like get all those skills. But she was like, no, I want to like be in a course that's specifically from an artist because I can, they can relate more to like, you know, what, like my experience. And so she spent, I forget, maybe it was like 1500, which for some people, they're like, oh, that's not that much. But for a lot of artists, that's a lot of money. And it's a self-paced course, right? So you don't get any direct feedback or any interaction. You just have these lessons that you kind of do. And I think a lot of people are selling those right now because it's an easy way to not be accountable for what you're offering. Mm. Like, and it's, and the, it's marketed as such, like the industry in general is trying to get everybody to sell those because it's like, it's this, uh, what do we call it? Passive income where it's like, you create this course, you market it, and then people are going to buy it and you're just going to rake in money. But it's like, again, that goes back to this thing where we were talking about where we're not, I think most people are not motivated on their own. It's actually like a really bad, not marketing system, but it's just, it doesn't work. Like we talked about using focus mate because it's most people, it's really hard to just get up and start doing something. I actually read an email. I'm going to pull it up really quick from the uh, creator of focus mate and his email title yesterday literally said, willpower doesn't work. By the way, he's, he's coming on the podcast. He is. That yes. is incredible. Like he's just, he's got his nail on the head. I'll just read what he says. Instead of white knuckling, this is actually a quote from the book, Willpower Doesn't Work, that he references. Instead of white knuckling your way to change, you need to instead alter your surroundings to support your goals. I love this. I like to think of the supportive environment like a water current. Just grab your inner tube and you can effortlessly, effortlessly float towards your goals while dangling your toes in the water and drinking a fresh, refreshing beverage. That's exactly why I created Focusmate. Focusmate is an environment purposely designed to support your goals. No willpower required. So when I think about all these self-paced cores, it's like that doesn't work with the majority of people. Like, and so, so many people are buying all of these courses and not getting anything in return. Some of them are just like, you know, 30 bucks here or there. It's like, 
it still kind of sucks because you didn't get anything out of it, but it's not the end of the world. But there's a lot of people who are charging Boku bucks for their, you know, six month self-paced course. And unfortunately they're, and they're making great money and that's wonderful, but their clients actually aren't getting a return. They're not, nothing's changing for them. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily the issue of the person providing the course, because they might have a lot of really good content there, but there's, we need each other. Like we cannot do this on our own. And so that's like the major gap between, I think in the coaching world as well, it's like, here's all this information now go off and do it on your own. Like that doesn't work. Right. No. And there's actually a whole study on this about like scaffolding content and nervous system overload, right? Like this is why this is actually probably 99% why people don't finish because you buy the course, you open the portal, there's 60 training videos and all of them are 30 to 60 minutes. It's like who would ever be motivated to do that? Like you need someone with you, even me and you, we were meeting every week to go through videos in the North Node because it's like, how on earth would I ever be able to do that alone? It's impossible. Right. Um, And this is why also personally, I've had a hard time releasing mic drop as a self-paced course, I could actually be making a lot of money off of that. But I'm like, I want to be live with people. And unfortunately, I guess it's not unfortunate. (laughs) I'm traveling right now, but it's hard for me to set up a schedule to be able to run that course with people. But I also took into account people's feedback and made that course very bite-sized. Like the videos are less than five minutes. And so I know eventually if I do release it, it will, as self-paced, it will be easier to get through. But I think it goes back to the point of, that whole idea when you, you when you get into business coaching, the big message is like uh, over deliver and people end up mistaking that with overloading people. And they're like, <laughs> look, you get 10 workbooks, you get five extra trainings that are one hour each and uh, like t- 20 templates. And you're like, what? Like, what am I ever going to have time to go through that? Your nervous system shuts down. You never finish the course. And then you repeat that rinse and repeat cycle where now you're investing in another course and another coach because you just couldn't get the last one done. And that's when people start to get burnt out from investing because they're like, I haven't even seen results. And what they think there's something wrong with them when it's actually how the curriculum is set up and how the course is set up. Right. And then again, it goes back to this other thing. And it's really hard. And this is like, this, I guess, would be the paradox where People aren't villains, again, because they want to make money. That's not what we're trying to say. That's definitely not what I'm saying, especially as someone who's like, I don't want to shame people. But there is a disconnect where I basically am wanting to say, like, people are well-intended with the self-paced courses. They provide a lot of good information. However, when you leave people to figure it out on their own, then you're disconnected from the clients that you're serving. And if we go into those things excited about serving people, then when we take away the actual interaction with them, something happens. And then, I don't know, there's there's a disconnect. And I'm not sure how to solve for that. Maybe it's like making sure that you have Q&As or you structure it so that there's, you know, some sort of, you have like a cohort or something so that you stay connected to the people that you're wanting to serve. Otherwise, again, then you're just kind of trapped in this thing where you're just kind of making money and you don't have any interest in the people that you're serving. Right. And retention, I think, is the most underrated part of our businesses. I think people focus a lot on growth instead of retention. And to your point, when you're disconnected from your clients and you have no idea if they even finished it, applied it, integrated it, and then you're just moving on the next thing, it's like then retention is probably really low. And then you have to work extra hard to always bring new clients in, which is like not a great model. 
And I think too, like with my sister specifically, to kind of go back to the original point of this, was she wanted to work with someone who was an artist and then come to kind of find out, she was like, I don't even think that this person is an artist that's making money out of, or that has a business with her art. So this woman has a business selling courses to artists, but she's not actually making any money selling her art, which is what my sister was looking for. She wanted to learn from somebody who had made a business out of being an artist, right? And so that's where the, that's the disconnect that I'm kind of talking about, where it's like, yeah, you've done a great job selling this course, but you're not actually an artist who's making money from their artwork, which is what the person wants to learn from. And so there's also that part of it too, where are you good at just selling a course or are you doing the thing that you're supposedly marketing, if that makes sense? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I'm thinking about my own like offering right now. And that's why not until recently that I start helping people monetize their podcasts because I'm like, yes, I have an advertising background and an influencer background and content marketing background, but I don't feel comfortable teaching people how to monetize until I monetize my own podcast so that I know what skills are involved. And that took a while to get there. And I think that goes back to the discerning thing of like, you just said, is this an artist that actually makes money off their art? Or are they just someone who can help artists sell courses? Like that's a very different person. Right. Those are two completely different businesses. So I think actually this would be a good place to end is like the way I want to end this is with solutions, because I know there's going to be some people that were triggered by this and think that we're just talking shit. I know there's some people that are going to be elated that we're having this conversation And I think what would be helpful is to hear solutions on how both business coaches and clients can help redirect this industry. So in your opinion, what are some things that like business coaches could do to really fix this like fractured system? I think one of the main things is to specify. So as like a business coach, clarify what it is that you can help people with, like the one or two specific things, getting that clarity for yourself. And then caring more about your customers and being invested in their success. I agree. I think being clear in what your strengths are and, you know, not promising something on a discovery call just to get the sale. You know, I think we've all done that where people will be like, oh, can you help me with my finances? And the coach is like, sure, of course. Yeah. And then it's like, no, they actually don't know how to like fill out a budget spreadsheet. You know, like those are things that if they're promising you the world, business coaches, if you're promising the people the world, it's okay to simplify and offer one to two things. I also think sharing more testimonials and case studies and your client wins are actually going to help you more than constantly sharing your own wins. Um, It's okay not to scale yourself. Like you don't have to be the most aspirational person online all the time and stop over delivering. Like it's okay I think people really misunderstand what Serena and I are talking about. The value of just doing a very simple exercise or work on the call, that is invaluable. Like to make progress on a one hour call is better than getting a hundred bonus videos. Absolutely. Like send me your intellectual videos and quotes. What were you saying before? Which I thought was hilarious. You wanted to like drop knowledge bombs, like send me your knowledge bombs in an email. And if I need to, I'll read them. But like during the one-to-one, like let's just get to work. Right. Let's get to work. Now, what about for clients? Because I know there's going to be people that are so happy that we're having this conversation, but I do think there's a lot of responsibility that comes on the clients to not end up in these situations. So what would be your advice to people that are looking to make a high-end ticket investment or 
invest in a business coach or who have been burned in the past? Oh, yeah, I definitely think we have to take responsibility for ourselves and our money and, and what we're spending totally. And so I think in the same, I would echo the same thing that I said about the coaches. I think as a client or as a business owner, someone who's starting out, clarify your why. Like what is motivating you to do the work that you want to do? Is it because you love it? Is it just because you don't want to work for somebody else? Is it because you want to make more money? There's no wrong answer, but I think it's really important for people to understand what it is. And in that process, you're going to kind of get to know yourself better, which is important. I also think it's like, it's a long-term game. If you're trying to start a business that you really value and you care about, you cannot just set something up tomorrow. Like I am not going to become a singer just because I worked with a vocal coach once and I release an album the next day or in six months. Like if you're really excited and truly invested in something, you have to be willing to kind of work at it for a long time because that's the whole point. So I think understanding that things aren't going to happen overnight. You're going to have to work at this consistently and then your success will become out of you working on it consistently, not because you just wanted it. And then I think my last thing is like, just start. So, you know, just offer a few things at like a low price, just kind of get and figure out if the, you actually have a business and just start doing it. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I think that's maybe something that a lot of people talk about is like what happens before you make the investment. Personally, I just started offering like Serene said free consults. And then I started charging a low price. And then my first packages were very low price. Like I remember giving away probably a four month package or excuse me, a four week package for like $300. And I was like, this is like 90 minute calls and worksheets and all this stuff. But it was so I could practice and to your point, see if it was something people were interested in. And then I could get feedback. And then I just kept throwing things at a wall. Like, I think this idea that Serene's talking about that you're going to have this overnight successful business within three months is a very false idea. I'm in year two of my business. And to this day, I am still figuring out systems, launch strategies, what works, what doesn't. And I can almost guarantee you it's going to be a few more years before I feel like fully confident in how my business model runs. So don't give up so easily and don't expect things to happen so easily either. And then just have fun. Yeah, have fun. And I also think this is like a really underrated thing to do is like speak up. I think people wait until the end of a program and then they start talking shit about the coach. And it's like, wait, did you tell them, you know, by call three out of your six calls, I'm not really seeing the progress that I wanted, or I thought we were going to be way further along mapping out my launch and we haven't even started. You need to give specific feedback and start documenting things, right? If your coach promised that they were going to send you a launch plan after the call and you never got it, follow up and say, you know, in August, we talked about that launch plan. I haven't gotten it because this goes back to like corporate communications, by the way, when you document things and you have evidence of like what's not working out of your investment, you have a stronger case to present to your coach about getting a refund or a discount, but waiting until the end of a program and being like, Oh, I learned nothing. I didn't like it. That's not taking responsibility. So you do need to speak up and you need to provide clear feedback. And also they work for you. Like, you're, you're paying someone to help you with something. You're not there. Like, you know, they're, you're not there. I don't know, employee, like you're in, in a kind of business sense, like you're their boss. And so, yes, they have like a thing, but it's like, you're paying them. And so if they're not providing what they said that they were going to provide you for, then you, again, like Chelsea was saying, you have to speak up about that. 
And I think this is probably a good lesson for business coaches too, is don't be afraid to check in halfway and ask for that. Like, Hey, you know, we're halfway through the program. I just wanted to gauge where you're at. How are you feeling? Because I know it's really hard to ask for. And a lot of us are really sensitive and don't want to hear that. But wouldn't you rather hear that feedback and have the chance to course correct and have a client be happy and refer you and retain them versus waiting until the end and have no feedback and then you never hear from them or you have like a really bad experience? It's totally it's a win win for both. Yeah, exactly. I think in general, it's like opening just being we need to be better about communicating in all of our relationships and like having that transparency and just those opening those lines of communication. That's so important. A hundred percent. I also think one last thing to highlight too is doing the work. We talked about this in the business coach sense of doing the work on the call. But I remember thinking this was in my first year of business, investing in these programs. I'm thinking just because I joined them, like after one Zoom call, I would be right. a transformed person. And it's like that never happened. And after spending thousands and thousands of dollars and never being like fully transformed, I had to look inward and be like, what is happening? Like, am I just a bad student? And it's honestly because I wasn't really doing the work that they said. If the coach said, hey, we're going to track our finances for the month and I was overwhelmed, I didn't do it. And instead of speaking up or starting small by maybe just tracking my finances for the week, I never did it. And so I never even finished the program. And now I always have like a bad taste in my mouth about the program. But honestly, a lot of it was my fault because I never spoke up and I never really did the work. Right. And so that's where you need to get a focus mate session in and do the work. <laughs> get your focus mates up. I have a few booked tomorrow and Taylor, the CEO is coming on. So that's uh, get really exciting. Yeah. We're going to talk a lot about focus mate, but yeah, get an accountability buddy. If you're a new business owner, I think having community is so important. Serene and I met that way. We're in a membership and we were holding each other accountable and that's why we're here today. There we go. And also, by the way, you guys, Serene is the one who really made me start to understand what I needed out of business coach. And you started looking at like the percentages of my income and like what was coming from what program and what offer and how many spots I needed to sell for each thing to hit its goal. And I was like, wait, I've never done this. Like that was what I was expecting out of a business coach. So again, ask questions. If you're looking for someone to help you with your the finances of your business and creating a sustainable, profitable business model, you might need a different type of person than just a business coach. So shout out to Serene for pointing out how true business should be operating. Right. I think if you're going to look for a business coach, you definitely want someone who has not just run their own business, but maybe worked with other people. And that's why I've never really sought out a business coach myself is because I, my 15 years of professional working experience has been working very closely with the CEOs and owners of businesses. So I have a good handle on business, but yeah, that's, those are kind of the credentials you want from a business coach specifically. Right. Versus like a marketing coach where that's like someone who can show you how to market your business. I think maybe that too, right? Is that a business coach is should be about business operations. And then if you need help with marketing, that's a whole different person. But your business coach shouldn't necessarily be helping you with marketing. And I would go ahead and like to claim that probably 85% of people that market themselves are business coaches are marketing coaches or like launch coaches. They're not business operations. So that's something to just think about. Do you need operational help? Do you need marketing help? That's where you should kind of make those investments. And also, um, you know, as Serene mentioned this earlier, are they an influencer coach? Like, are they someone that's just trying to get brand deals all the time and 
live a very influencer focused lifestyle and that's where you're teaching you again nothing wrong with that but just know what you're getting into like if that's what they're constantly promoting that's probably where you're going to get and living an influencer lifestyle is a lot different than running like a service-based business so you just need to be very cognizant of what you are putting your money towards amen Well, Serene, we never, ever fall short of having an opinionated conversation. (laughs) So I hope people still listen to this whole thing all the way through. I truly think this will help business coaches and people that have been burned by business coaches and understand how to make your clients happier and make better investments. But Serene, I know you have some offers and exciting things coming out. Can you talk about those? Yeah, mine is totally the one that I'm going to talk about is totally free. And it kind of goes to what I was saying before, where it's like getting value clarification and understanding your why. So I'm offering a two-part weekly ritual for creators and healers who basically are just trying to figure out what their dreams are so that they can create the life that they want. So on Thursday, it's kind of funny because I would say the first workshop you should come to is on the Thursday one. That's really where you're exercising, using your imagination, figuring out what your dreams are. We do various exercises. It's very interactive. You get used to sharing them because I think a lot of us have a fear of sharing what we want out loud. And so you share it with other people. It's a really fun workshop and it's totally free. And then on Tuesday is really kind of like a focus mate session. It's very much accountability. So it's just I'm there every Tuesday so that people can come if you need something to work on. Anything that's related to you, like fulfilling your dreams or working towards your dreams. That's what the Tuesday session is all about. So It's free. I just wanted to put something out there because for myself, I need this right now. So join me. And yeah, I'd love to hear what you kind of want for yourself and what your dreams are. Amazing. I will definitely be joining next week. So everyone join us. I will put that in the show notes because I think this is so incredible to have a space to just dream and imagine versus like, you know, set up back end systems or budget, (laughs) like things that you just do your day to day life. We, We need a little break from that. So this sounds amazing. And I can't wait for everyone to join. Oh, well, Serene, as always, love talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I love these conversations. I love all the passion and excitement that we have. So I appreciate being able to be here with you. Yay. Thank you. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) What an episode. I know, like I said, Serene and I can get really fired up, but I do hope you felt like you learned something both as a consumer And if you are a coach listening to this, you learn something on how this could help your marketing and your dynamic with your clients. Or if you're thinking about investing in any type of coach, how to be more discerning and not feel like you're wasting your money all the time. Because I know I've I've been through that where I'm like, where did all my money go? Oh, yeah, I spent it on all these coaches that I did like a little bit of research on and now I regret it. So I really hope listening to this episode, you don't end up in the situation I ended up in and that you learned a thing or two about investing and why we really need to work hard on everyone taking responsibility for really shifting, again, the dynamic that's going on in the coaching industry right now. Now, I know this is a long episode, but just a reminder, anybody that leaves a review during the month of August, you will win a free 30-minute private consult with me for your podcast. So if you have a podcast and you need an audit or you want to grow it or monetize it, or let's say you want to start one, but you need help with the launch strategy or the tech or the content planning, these consults are perfect for you. Right now, the only thing available on my website is a paid one-hour consult. So to win this free 30-minute one, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. So head to Apple Podcasts, scroll down to write a review, 
leave that review and then send it to Chelsea Rife on Instagram or info at chelsearife.com. And then I will send you a link to book your free consult. Now, I know you guys love Serene because last time she was on, I had so many DMs. And what's so exciting is now she has an amazing offer twice a week that she talked about towards the end of the episode where you get to just imagine and bring your dreams to life and have a sounding board and a brainstorming group, which I don't think a lot of people offer that. It's usually in the form of a course that you have to pay for, or it's given to you as homework. Like after you watch a module, it's never really done in the context of a group setting or in a community. And Serene is an excellent facilitator. That's actually her professional role is helping facilitate these types of conversations. So if you're like, yes, please, I need to be there. Check out my show notes where I will link you to her page to sign up and be sure to check out the other episode. She was on episode 162 your clients are the heroes, not you. That's probably one of my most popular episodes this entire year because we really, again, just opened the box to a bunch of different conversations I feel like people want to have, but we just don't know how to have. And Serene helps me really have those conversations because she's not afraid to go there. And I hope you felt that in today's episode that yes, some of these things may be a little bit sensitive or sometimes feels like people are hating or not being accepting or empathetic, but I think it also, there needs to be a level of responsibility again on both sides where consumers and coaches can be okay with having these conversations without feeling like it's an attack because that's how we grow. Personally, I know when I hear something that I'm like, Ooh, I don't like that. I do have to look inward and be like, do I not like that? Because I see a bit of myself and what they're talking about. Do I not like it because how they presented it is actually something that bothers me. Or do I not like it because I just don't agree with it? And why don't I agree with it? And it's okay to to disagree. So just ask yourself those questions after you listen to this episode. And if you have any questions, feedback, thoughts, anything, definitely drop Serene and I a line. My Instagram is at Chelsea Rife and Serene's is at Sista.boss. Again, I will link all this in the show notes, but I really hope to hear from you all. I hope this conversation opened up some new um, thought processes for you. And again, I just want to thank you all so much for listening. It means the absolute world. Your support is what keeps me going. And one final announcement that I'm very excited to share is that Mic Drop is coming back in October. Yes, just a little bit over a month. I'm opening up the waitlist now, and there's going to be a very exciting early bird special. So if you want to get on the waitlist, just head to the link in my show notes, add your email. And as soon as that offer comes out, you'll be the first to know. Now, if you don't know what Mic Drop is, I will also link that in the show notes, but it's my popular podcast launch course. So this is for people that do not have a podcast that want to launch one. This will take you through every single step of launching from figuring out your episode name to content planning, to episode planning, to all the tech stuff. You don't have to think about that. This course explains everything. And it is one of my best-selling courses because everyone that takes it actually launches a podcast. So if you are like, yes, this is what I've been looking for. Again, head to the show notes, add your name to the waitlist, and you'll get a very special surprise, especially as a listener. Because right now when this comes out, I don't think I'll have even announced it to anybody yet outside of my podcast listeners. So you all get first dibs on this waitlist, which means you'll also get first dibs on the early bird special. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next week.